I have like three missions that I make sure everything is based around that, which is 100% biodegradable materials, bringing work to local women and artisans, and making really special things. We have a we have a made-to-order service too, so people can get exactly what they want. That's Hannah Jenkinson. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. We find a lot of people through Instagram doing very interesting and cool things. That's how we found you. And actually, my friend Mike reposted your story, which is what I found. So my first question is, do you even know who Mike is? Or is it a random person sharing you that led to another I, random person? <laughs> I, I think I know who he is. I think he came to Cusco and we had a chat around the fire at a beautiful hotel. Um, yes, I think that's who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is too. I know he's yeah. been there. Um, do you, are you based in Cusco? So yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. here for three years. So yeah, I'm full full time here in Cusco. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, I was there years ago now um, with a skate tour. We did um, Argentina, Chile, and Peru, but we did Lima, Cusco, and Machu Picchu. And we were lucky enough to be in Cusco the day of the like foam party festival thing, oh. <laughs> um, which was unexpected and a little bit crazy, but it was a really fun afternoon very you know there are eight-year-olds and eight-year-olds running around so yeah amazing yeah that's great nice (laughs) well before we go any farther let's tell everyone your name there we already know where you are in the world and then what you're up to (laughs) yeah so my name's hannah jenkinson um yeah currently in cusco peru and i have a brand called hjk um hannah jenkinson knitwear um, which, yeah, we have a physical store here in Cusco, like a kind of store workshop space and yeah, selling online. So we do handmade products, working with the local ladies and local artisans, um, mostly sweaters, like that's my background, um, mostly fashion, but we've just started doing shoes and yarn and, um, like, you know, we're, we're expanding because we can make lots of beautiful things here. <laughs> yeah. And how did you end up in Cusco? Yeah, Um, well, a series of serendipitous events. Um, I got a free trip to come here, sponsored by the Peruvian government to go to Perumoda, which is like a a fashion trade show here. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of came. I was living in L.A., like kind of fed up with living in the system. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go and have this free trip, whatever. Um, and then met loads of amazing groups of women who made handmade products and also met one of someone who's one of my best friends now. Just we happen to be in the same Airbnb and she lives here. She's from Ireland and she told me about life here. She was like, oh, yeah, you should just set up a store in Cusco. Like you should just do it from here. Like you have the beautiful materials like the baby alpaca. All the women know how to knit. And she kind of like put this little idea in my head of like, oh, okay, like maybe I could really live life in a totally different way and do something that I've wanted to do for so long, which is run my own business and do my own my own designs. Um, so yeah, I traveled for a little bit at the end of 2019. 
and then came back again at the beginning of 2020 for what I thought would be three months. And it was 10 days before the lockdown. And I just decided to stay. And like, I didn't want to go back to Los Angeles. I hadn't lived in the UK for years. So I just decided to throw myself in at the deep end and just be in Peru. <laughs> yeah, Moving abroad is not easy. It's not yeah. easy to go from the UK to LA. It's not easy to go from LA to Peru. You know, how, what hoops have you had to jump through to set up a business in a foreign country and then to actually get to stay and live there? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, here it's quite easy. So I actually was in New York before LA. So it was very like step by step, you know, it never mm -hmm. felt like, oh, I'm going to go to Peru and set up a business. It was very like, <laughs> hey, I'm in Peru and it's the middle of the pandemic. Like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? And then, you know, a store became available and it was like, oh, okay, like, I think I can try it. And it was all very one step at a time. It was <laughs> never like, I'm going to do this and, and do this business in Peru. So, but yeah, I had to set up the business legally um, and then the business can sponsor my my work visa. So yeah, I had to do all that. I mean, after nine years of doing visas in the States, mm -hmm. then it felt like a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you tick the boxes, they're not going to say no. So um, so yeah, compared, compared to the States, it felt pretty smooth. But yeah, there's still like legalities and stuff and yeah, getting friends to help me translate and you know, I didn't have any Spanish when I arrived here. So it has improved a lot, but I still, I still struggle with just, yeah, with some things, but yeah, it's all figure outable. <laughs> it so is, uh, you know, have, I moved, lived in Germany for four years and I moved there knowing no German. Yeah. <laughs> and even at the end, like I was proud that I could order take takeaway on the yeah. phone or in person. <laughs> yeah. But when it came to medical questions, internet, yeah. anything legal, it's like, no, like those are the words you learn last. Like I'm never gonna, if yeah. I ever know how to do any of those conversations in German, I would be amazed with myself. Yeah. But can I function on an everyday basis and get what, I, yeah, we're surviving. Yeah. Um, totally. No, if someone calls me and I feel confident to pick up the phone and like listen to what they're saying, then it's a big achievement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, there's so much to be said about the economy of Peru and the artisans. So for people who don't know, let's tell them a little bit of, about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Peru is still so rich in like traditional handmade things, especially the textiles. And yeah, the, the people here are so proud of it. Like if they've made something, then they're so proud to show and share. And yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, the weaving, I mean, there's really like the whole span of like, they own the alpacas or, you know, some communities, a lot of the communities that I work with, they own the alpacas, they care for them, they shear them every year. It's a big community thing. They spin the yarn, they dye the yarn with the local plants. They weave them into these amazing, you know, like mantas, which are like kind of all purpose, like blankets and ponchos. And, um, and then there's all sorts of other crafts too. I mean, knitting is, is very popular. You'll see women, they just like walk and knit at the same time or like walk and like spin this yarn at the same time. And it's just like, but they're so skilled and it's still very much part of the culture. 
um, which is kind of, you know, handmade things. If you see someone knitting like on the subway in New York, it's like, oh my God, like, what are they doing? <laughs> but you don't see it. But here you just, people are making things with their hands everywhere. And it's amazing. There's, there's so many other, yeah, like dyeing and carving and all sorts of amazing things from here. Yeah. And is this the first business that you've created? Yes, it Which is. Adds another level of like pride I have for you because <laughs> to start a business is a big deal in general. And then to start it in a country where you're not speaking the language yeah. and have to figure <laughs> out all the things, you know, there is, do you ever listen to how I built this, that podcast? Yes, I love that. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes is about Jenny's ice cream. And she talks about how she had no idea how to make ice cream. Like she, if I remember correctly, she like couldn't even cook when she started. And the fact that she had no idea what she didn't know, and she yeah. didn't have any concept of like the right way to do it, it actually made, allowed her to be so much more successful because she just kept figuring it out. Um, yeah. How has the journey been for you to, to create this business in a, in a foreign country and to do all the things you know you're, you should or could do? And how are you choosing? Because there's so many things like every day to decide. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things. I mean, I guess like to go back a bit further, like, um, I mean, I went to, like, I went to Parsons to study design, like, and pretty much since I graduated, like what, 10 or 12 years ago, I really just wanted to do my own business. Like, yeah. and I worked for other people. I worked for some really amazing designers and businesses, but I just, I, I didn't love working on a schedule, doing things in the way that the business prescribed me to. And um, so it was kind of, yeah, it's been kind of a balance of me doing this for a long time. Like I've been a designer for a long time. And then, yeah, being thrown into this like totally foreign world of like, yeah, I've never had a shot, like ha figuring out how to pay people, like what's fair, like, um yeah finding like negotiating contracts and stuff has all been I mean yeah really like having to take it a step at a time mm -hmm. and you know the pandemic was kind of this beautiful like incubator of having the time to just see what unfolded and you know yeah it was the pandemic was a really special time for me it was it was really it everything really came together of how I wanted to do things um yeah it can still be it can still be quite overwhelming sometimes just needing to like figure something out and having to translate it and like not knowing the system and like you know you can't just translate like the tax system you can't put that into google translate it's a yeah. totally <laughs> like it's there aren't the words to like to figure it out so yeah, it's still an adventure. It's still like, still sometimes feels quite bumpy and like, oh my God, like, how am I going to grow? Like, how am I going to create this business in the way that I really envision it and what I know its potential could be? Um, so yeah, not sure if that answers your question. But... Well, there, there's just so many parts to it. You know, I, I, I being an entrepreneur is a roller coaster yeah. by the hour sometimes. And I think people who haven't jumped into that, you know, entrepreneur pond think we're all a bit nuts because they'll see us having the worst moment ever. And you're like, just get a regular job. And you're like, what? No, like we're not there. Like that's not what's going on because yeah. 
you know, when you felt that high of having that amazing moment, I'm sure for you, in your case with like the artisan or with the customer who's so happy and just seeing it all work. Yeah. It's, it just kind of stretches the, uh, the emotional scale that we've had previously. And so our, whatever would have been our worst moment before is now not our worst moment. And what's our happiest moment before may also not be our, our new scale. <laughs> and I think it's a bit tricky to understand that when you really love what you're doing and you're, it, it just shifts how you think about it. Um, yeah. I know when I made the leap, the only concern I had was the financial stress of how, like, is it going to work? How is it? Because you go back and forth between confidence and totally thinking it's going to all fail. Um, but I, all the other stress went away. Like there wasn't anyone else's corporate drama. There weren't any of the politics. It just, it felt so peaceful, even though I was scared about something that everyone else freaks out about at a high level. I felt like I had the capacity to manage that one pillar of how do we fix this versus a hundred things I had before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it definitely builds resilience of just, yeah, knowing that I can, I can figure it out. Like I've yeah. been doing it now for what, like two and a half, three years. It's like, okay, I kind of, I've got a gauge of it and yeah, the. I mean, when I first opened, it was like the first few sales that I made, I was just like, oh my God, like someone's just come in and bought stuff someone that I don't know especially like because you yeah. know friends and family have been super supportive but like someone that I don't know just buying something or like saying oh this is so beautiful like hit, overhearing the customer's comments of like yes yeah the highs are high and it can be incredibly stressful sometimes too yeah <laughs> it, how challenging has it been to get exposure in the European or U.S. market um, and how has, you know, social media and digital marketing supported you in that process? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been quite difficult. I've just redesigned the website, just reshot all the products. Um, I did a trade show in the States like last at the beginning of last year, but it wasn't, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right thing. Like for people to really appreciate something that's handmade is like, and Europeans and Americans, you know, they do appreciate when they come in the store and see it, they really appreciate it. But um, yeah, it's growing the business. I'm I'm not really at a point where I can just go and do a load of trade shows. Like yeah. it's, I'm self-funded. I still have some clients that I work with that help me, you know, grow. Um, so yeah, quite difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, you kind of just need money for that. Like people don't set up fashion businesses without funding usually. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and I hate that people think like, if we build it, they're going to come like, yeah. no, like there's so many things out there. You have to like run around and scream at the top of your lungs. And yeah. I, I fight with a lot of clients about needing to do direct sales and mm -hmm. how it's no matter if your entire business lives in a digital space, you still need to knock on doors. You still need to call Absolutely. people. You still need to do that, you know, on the ground work because it's honestly how most businesses are working. Yeah. It's yeah. Getting it in front of people is like mm -hmm. a whole thing. Like, yeah, you have yeah. to pay for the marketing. You have mm -hmm. to, you have to do it. And fashion's competitive, you know, it's not like it's, yeah 
yeah, like it, it's a competitive market, and yeah, it's it it is it's definitely a challenge to grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously the element of really helping the community there and using the natural materials. How much is sustainability or doing things the ethical way? How is that woven into your business? Oh, I mean, that's, and I forgive the yeah. pun. I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, literally. <laughs> um, I mean, that's everything. I mean, yeah, everything is, we kind of have, I have like three missions that I make sure everything is based around that, which is 100% biodegradable materials, bringing work to local women and artisans and making really special things. We have a, we have a made to order service too, so people can get exactly what they want. But yeah, sustainability is everything. I mean, when I was working for other companies, I was so disturbed by how things were done and i was like okay and i was pretty much ready to leave the fashion industry when i left la but then i was like oh i think here i can do it in a way that i feel really good about so so yeah we don't use any nylon acrylic or polyester everything could literally go into the compost once it's been worn to death um and our dyes are ecotech certified so yeah, that ensures that there's no harm done to the environment. And then we will also do plant dyed colors on request. Sometimes we do like a little line of of like naturally dyed products, but it is a mission. Like it's a whole yeah. other process that is mm-hmm. like consistency is near impossible. Um, but that's what kind of makes it fun and special too. So yeah, TBD on the plant dye stuff. And then yeah, like I really wanted to know who was making the products. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to hand the money over to them directly. Like I know that this work can really benefit women, especially with families, because they can take the work home. They can do it in their own time. If they want to do it fast, I'll give them more projects. If they're busy, you know, looking after kids and stuff, then they can mm-hmm. do it however, however they want. Um so yeah, that's the hand the handmade stuff. We also work with a local workshop in Cusco too, which is owned by this awesome woman who is kind of a friend now. Um, so so yeah, and then we hold very little stock. Like a lot of our stuff is made to order, and that's a little bit of a you know an investment thing, and it's also a sustainability thing. Of you know we don't make anything that doesn't have a home to go to. Um, so, but yeah, that's a bit of a balance. Some people don't want to wait like mm-hmm. to get something. So yeah, we're kind of working on the balance of that. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of really interesting guests come on and talk about sustainability and the closed loop system in fashion. Yeah. And the patience piece comes up a lot because there's the, how do we, I think we're even asking maybe the wrong question of how do we make the existing fashion consumer model sustainable versus making a new model that still allows us to love fashion and also love everything else involved people in the planet and (laughs) all the things um where have you been frustrated in this industry and where do you see that we're missing opportunities Mm, yeah oh i feel like i feel like the industry is such a mess like (laughs) I feel like any, and I don't feel like I'm in the industry now, but yeah, like supporting really small businesses makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, one sale makes such a difference to us, but yeah, it's like, where are those 
businesses like how do you find them and Mm -hmm. they don't probably have the money to do all the big marketing and stuff like that so yeah I mean the whole industry I was so ready to just get out and do something else I was so ready to throw in the towel with it um like the pace is just it doesn't work for anyone it doesn't work for the designers it doesn't Mm -hmm. work for production it's so stressful like you know designing like four collections a year just everything needs to like slow down and maybe Mm -hmm. the pandemic helped a little with that but yeah like appreciating what we've got like reusing stuff rewearing Mm -hmm. it like you know all the things we know already um but yeah, I think being really conscious about where you're buying from can make mm-hmm. it can make such a difference to small businesses yeah. in every industry now. Yeah. If yeah. we go back to eight-year-old you, would she have imagined that this is your life today? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I mean, yeah, when I was eight, I kind of wanted to be, I wanted to be an actress actually. Like I loved acting and like um and but I loved art as well and I guess I guess part of my work is you know I still make a lot of the designs but I I often make the first ones myself because I love the making that was always what I loved about it and then I hand it over to the ladies so I still I still am very involved with making but I I definitely wouldn't have expected how unconventional my life is (laughs) and like how much I've traveled and Mm -hmm. you know that I do I do really strive to live in a way that feels really good to me. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, eight-year-old me probably would have thought I'd just be like married with two kids, like down the road from my parents or something. <laughs> when you look at that journey you've had from the eight-year-old you to now, what are you most proud of? Um, I'm I'm really proud of the business that I've built. Yeah, I'm yeah. Really, really proud. I love having a shop. And, there's something about um, like having a physical store that really like puts you in the center of a community. And like here I have such an amazing community, mostly of like badass women who are also like doing their own businesses. And here it's kind of possible to to do things in a different way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm so proud of the life that I've built here. It's absolutely kind of not what I expected for myself but um yeah I'm really proud that I'm doing what I wanted to do which was working with local people like make like bringing them work and making beautiful things and Mm -hmm. that's what I love what's the hardest part about being in Cusco Mm, being so far from so far from family yeah Mm -hmm. it's such a long flight (laughs) it's like really not you know, yeah, my family are in the north of England. It's, yeah, it's a mission to get back. I can't mm-hmm. just like pop back just to yeah. say hi. So, yeah, that's definitely the downside. Um, yeah, there's lots of other great things about being here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, there's a great quote um, or a letter that I believe Thomas Jefferson wrote to his son when his son first went to France for the first time. And he said, I'm so excited for you to go abroad. You're going to have your life enriched in so many ways. But I have to warn you that you will never feel satisfied again. (laughs) And and I I read that after I had moved abroad. And I was like, it's Mm. the truest statement ever. 
because suddenly your favorite people and your favorite restaurants and your favorite places are will never be in the same vicinity again like i remember going to a, a friend's baby shower and like bawling on the ride home because i was like i will never have all of those people around a table like i was so happy for her and so jealous for myself that like that's just won't that would be a very weird reality like something crazy must have happened if everyone's like sure we can make it <laughs> so yeah. um it just requires so much more effort i think yeah. also you start to appreciate the people who like value that connection and keeping it yeah. um so how do you balance running a business being far from family just the and this is me projecting so if i'm wrong you please correct me but the aloneness that I think can almost be doubled down between being living abroad and owning a company. Like there's dual alienation that can happen in that space. So what do you do to combat that? And how do you, how are you just maintaining yourself as a human and beyond being just a business owner? <laughs> yeah, oh, I do. I do a lot of stuff. Like yeah. I need a lot of self-care to feel just like normal and okay. And and I think this is one of the reasons that I didn't fit into, you know, w working a, a real job in the States because I just couldn't find that time to, to balance. Mm -hmm. um, and I am quite sensitive and energetically sensitive. And so, yeah, I mean, yoga, I do yoga a few times a week. There's a studio just down the road from me. I meditate. I have a I just moved into a lovely house with a nice garden so I can meditate and I can see this beautiful mountain in front of me. Um, I have my two doggies, so we go hiking a lot. And I mean, here I have a really special community of a, a lot of business owners. Um, so I, I really have, I, I do have people that we can be like, oh, like, yeah, it's been a shit week. Like, you know, let's chat about it. So I have a community in that way. Um, but yeah, wanting to really wanting to grow and like, just not knowing how to do it, like just trying things is, yeah, it can be really challenging. But the other thing that I have here is that I can really build my schedule and mm -hmm. I can have a really flexible schedule. So if I need to take the afternoon off or even a day off, like I went hiking for a week with friends, like I can just build my own day, even day yeah. to day, like I can get the, the assistance to work in the shop and that really works for me, having flexibility of like, if I'm feeling something or I need to tune into something, I can just take the time I need to. That's, yeah, so, so valuable to me, like so precious. Yeah. When you think of the words powerful and ladies, what are they on their own? And when they're next to each other, does that definition change? Mm, yeah, I love this question. Yeah, I mean, like powerful in kind of just... Uh, uh, the assumed meaning I kind of mm -hmm. think of it as quite a masculine word like it's quite a hierarchical word like it's like someone's at the top and they're like <laughs> bossing everyone around <laughs> um but yeah like the kind of the feminine sense of power I think mm -hmm. is way more it's more like a circle it's like mm -hmm. way more holistic it's and it, it, it's a circle, but it's also a cycle of like mm -hmm. knowing when to retreat and when to go inward and self-care or whatever you need to do. And then mm -hmm. knowing when to push and hustle and like knowing that there's this 
there's always these cycles in life that um it's not just like pushing 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 all the time it's like giving yourself what you need as well as like yeah it's like internal and external and very holistic yeah what have you learned about yourself creating this business that surprised you mm. god i think i have way more um i guess like tenacity yeah than i thought to like make this happen um and yeah like i've really like i've i've done it now but like yeah. it's taken, it's taken so much and yeah there were times where i'm like oh i'm not sure if this is a good idea but i just kind of like kept going yeah. um so yeah i think i yeah i'm like oh wow like i really did this and i did it in a country where i hardly knew anyone and didn't know the language and all the things so it's like oh wow okay <laughs> done something here <laughs> yeah is there a movie that you think is a, is a summary of like what it's really like to move abroad and start a business like is there if someone's like what's that experience like could you direct them to something god i don't even know like i mean it's one thing you know like eat pray love like mm -hmm. go and like experience these things but to like really decide to actually live somewhere and stick mm -hmm. it out and decide to build a community and you know even like sign a year's lease on a house and stuff that was like you know unthinkable to me when i first arrived but i just i just did that it's like okay i'm gonna be here god yeah i don't know if there are any movies that really that come to mind that that show this like the step beyond all the newness mm -hmm. of like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna invest in this and see it through yeah. like with all the day-to-day -day, the day-to-day -day things like beyond when it's like exciting and new anymore mm -hmm. maybe someone should make one <laughs> well like for me i think the closest one is under the tuscan sun mm. if you if you watch that movie or read that book because i i like that it shows the like that it's like just random like crying and on the floor for no reason and you're like i'm just over making decisions like i'm over having to constantly be translating like there's i remembered when a friend moved to germany and i went to pick them up at the airport and i was kind of giving them the lowdown on things and i went oh my gosh i actually know some things it was six months after i'd moved there and oh i don't have a headache anymore because you don't realize how much your brain is. Everything is so new. Every sense is getting new information all the time, let alone the translation elements. And I remember calling a friend trying to buy a couch. And I was like, white or gray? And they were like, what? I'm like, white or gray? Just pick. I cannot choose any more things. I am maxed out. <laughs> And they're like, are you crying? I'm like, yes, I'm crying. I cannot make this choice. Just choose it for me. And like, you're not going to make a wrong one. I will not, I will not, you know, hold you against whatever choice you make. <laughs> but there's that limit of being pushed to the extremes of days when like nothing's working and you're like, I'm just going to lay on the floor and cry because I have to. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> no, days. Like, yeah, just especially like, you know, when the pandemic, maybe like a few months into the pandemic, just like, oh my God, like, what am I doing here? Like, mm -hmm. I've got myself stuck in Peru. Like, I could have got out if I wanted, but I decided to stay. And 
now I am stuck and it's just like, yeah, like what am I doing with my life? Like in my late thirties being like, oh my God, like this was the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> like, yeah. How am I going to figure this out? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to mm-hmm. get, get back to something or like, I don't know, but, but yeah, you just take a step, take it a step at a time, don't you? And mm-hmm. yeah, I think those, I mean, I've, I kind of love throwing myself in at the deep end of like experiencing something else. And Crisco's actually been the first place where I felt like, oh, I can, I can stay and make something of this for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, there's definitely been some, yeah, there's been yeah. some moments for sure. <laughs> well, there, there's so many studies and conversations I've been seeing lately about like, really, where do you get to live the life that people kind of dream about? you know, having a community, getting to walk to your shop, getting to start things and do projects that you want to do and and having that kind of magical balance of everything you need and nothing else that you don't need and how can it all fit? Because there's so many places, especially in Europe and the US where there isn't balance and it's too, it's, it's really lopsided on like how you get to spend your time or maybe there isn't the freedom um, but how you've described Cusco, I think sounds so charming where I'm like, oh, do I need to move to Cusco? Because this, the better balance, um, because yeah, I think that's what everyone kind of dreams about of getting to do what you want and have it be in close proximity and just getting to be the full version of yourself versus only one version. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the whole time I was in the States, even in, in London as well, when I worked there, like I felt so strung out all the time. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like my life was my own at all. Like yeah. I felt like it was just taken over by this schedule and having to make enough money to survive. And I didn't really feel like I was living. Um but I think also the thing is, is like when you're in that system, you also don't have many other models of how other ways of life are possible. And there's like, just that has given me a lot of perspective of being here. It's like there are a million ways to live life. And yeah, if you can figure it out in the States and you want to be there, then yeah, that's like good for you. It's not easy to figure it out in, in, mm-hmm. in that kind of culture where so much is expected of you of how to live your life but yeah I think there are there are so many ways to live life and there are so many places in the world that you can try it out and it was always a trying out for me it was like okay I'll just try it and see and and I can see myself being here for a while but um yeah there are so many ways of doing things and yeah yeah, it's hard to get it's hard to have a role model when you're in the system (laughs) well and and that's kind of why this whole podcast started because there's Mm -hmm. so many people like yourself choosing a path that's really custom to you and making amazing things happen and making new opportunities for other people and there's so many ways to have an, an incredible life and so often we're only modeled the versions that are extreme. Like yeah. if it's like, oh, do you want a life like Oprah or Beyonce? <laughs> like you're like, well, sure, but that's very far from where I am right now. And that's not the vision I have for myself. And I think being able to show all the different ways that you can really be authentic to yourself and 
I love the book Big Magic. Have you read that one? You know what? I haven't, but I <laughs> but I like Elizabeth Gilbert a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was surprisingly the most so far the most recommended book on this podcast from guests. Mm-hmm. But there's something really beautiful about having a life that gives you space to chase the opportunities that cross your path and to be able to say yes to things. Um, I think it shifts our, our perception of the world and what's going on because so many people don't have even the option to chase something a little bit. Like what would it look like to go down the rabbit hole of should I make a t-shirt company or should I start this, you know, dog business, whatever people want. Uh, even if it's not going to be a business, just where's the room to do a project or go on an adventure? Yeah. And I can't imagine my life without the words projects or adventures. So I feel <laughs> so bad when people are like, no, I just need it work and that's it. And I'm like, oh, like that's so unfun to me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I can't, I can't do it just for the paycheck. It's, <laughs> yeah. I can't find that motivation. It just doesn't, it doesn't come. But yeah, I mean, I mean, so many people here come through just, if anyone can do anything online, like then you can travel, like, and the pandemic really shifted so much for that of like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can get some hours working in the States, but you can do it from anywhere, then you're free, you know? Mm-hmm. So we ask everyone on the podcast where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on an average day? Um, I'm going to give myself a nine. Um, I'm going to give myself a nine, like across the board because like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like I, I think like power comes from like being able to own your feelings and own your emotions. And like, I've really, I think I've really learned to do that. And yeah, I've like set up a business in a foreign country that like, (laughs) I didn't know anything about when I got thrown here. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go high. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I can like tackle, I can tackle most things that life throws at me now. Like I've set up something that I really believe in and I feel like I can just figure it out. No, like I've had ups and downs, but everything you can just, you can tune in and figure it out and Mm -hmm. probably not the end of the world. (laughs) Well, and how has that changed your perception of your own self-worth or confidence? Oh my goodness, so much. Yeah, so much. Like a total world of difference. Like, yeah, being in charge of my my own schedule too. Like really, I, yeah, I feel amazing being able to do that. Like if I need to take the day off, then yeah, I can just do that. Or if I want to work <laughs> from home, I can just work from home. And it's like, that really makes me feel in charge of my life. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> and then I also love wondering too, like, what have you given away or let go of, or mm-hmm. what are you saying no to that you oh, yeah. maybe didn't before? I mean, uh, living a life that's expected of me. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's sometimes really hard to let go of. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's not your own expectations, it's like yeah, living a life that doesn't look the same as other people's and doesn't hit the benchmarks that other people are living to. And, and I, I wonder, 
even if I wanted to now go back and like get a real job, I just feel like I wouldn't be able to. Like I just I wouldn't be able to fit back into the system, mm-hmm. which is I mean, I I don't ever see myself doing that either, but kind of like I gotta keep going on the path that I've set mm-hmm. out on and yeah, the things that I thought would be in my life maybe won't be, but um, it's something else. No, it's like different things will be there. Yeah. It's one of my favorite quotes is you must be willing to let go of the life you had planned to have the life that is waiting for you. And sometimes that quote gives me reassurance and sometimes I really hate it and like want to throw it against the wall (laughs) 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 because you're like, no, I want what I wanted. Um, So it's this really funny you know, back and forth about surrendering to it and then refusing to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, I have a quote from Mary Oliver and it's, I mean, it's the last line of one of her poems, but it's, what will you do with this one wild and precious life? Yeah. And yeah, sometimes if I'm like, right I should just, oh, you have it? Oh, yay. <laughs> a friend just gave it to me framed. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, like, what are we here to do? Like, we have this life, like, why not do something that you feel passionate about? Mm-hmm. And that that does give me a little bit more strength sometimes when it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? It's like, well, this is the only thing that I want to do. So I'm going to just do it and figure out. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't believe that life is meant to be predictable or easy. Like when it's, the fun part is, is kind of getting into the dirt and making something or collaborating with people and doing the things that feel like, oh, this is what living is. Yeah. You know, you brought that up earlier. And I think that's such a great question for people to ask themselves of like, when's the last time you felt like you were really living and taking advantage of this life that we get? Um, Cause how do like, I just want to feel that way as often as possible. And I, I think I share the same gene that you have of running away and jumping, like cannonballing into something new is when I often feel that way the most. And I'm like, okay, how can I feel that way without having to burn everything to the ground and start over again? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. I've, I've kind of got back to some balance with that of like, okay, just like focus instead of like jump. Um, but um, oh, I was going to say something regarding that. Oh yeah, I think like often that stuff is like what's on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. And it's often like going towards or like accepting that like the fear boundary, like the fear wall of yeah. like seeing what's on the other side of that and just like going through it. And there's always something beautiful on the other side. Um but yeah, that's the thing that I think keeps a lot of people stuck and like has kept me stuck in the past of like, oh god, I can't do that. Like it's way too scary, but it's, I think that's how we grow now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to give advice to give to clients all the time to whoever's listening. Like, I dare you to like, fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> like try, see how, like we get, I'm like, if you, see how destructive you can actually be if you want to, like, we're not like, we think we're going to like stray so far from our, who we actually are. And it's really hard to do that. Like it's yeah. really hard to be the boss you're afraid to be. It's really hard to never like, it's just so hard to to create the scary scenario that we imagine. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always just like a step at a time. And yeah. it's, yeah, I think it's just throwing yourself into like creating more space. Like mm-hmm. something always fills it. Like that's what I found here of like, like there's never a void. Like something always fills the space. And mm-hmm. if you jump into something, then something will come and meet you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to just free fall you know like you will never (laughs) free fall like there's always going to be something yeah yeah absolutely um we have also been asking everyone what do you need what's on your manifest list how can we help you this is a big and powerful community and i really believe that we never know who has the next key that we're looking for um so what's on your list yeah thank you so much um money primarily I have, yeah, fully self-funded the business with my own consultancy work. And I've just, I've reached a point where I just can't really grow without, mm-hmm. without financial help. Um, so if anyone is in a position to gift, donate, fund, help in any way, then I would be incredibly grateful. And and most of that would go almost directly straight to the ladies to make more stock and do some pop-ups and just get things flowing. Um, and, and I'm also putting the feelers out for a business partner, maybe someone in the States who wants to set up some stores, who wants to help me grow in a way that, you know, I've got, I've got so much already set up here, but mm-hmm. I, there's some skills and financial stuff and just business stuff that I, I think with the right person, this could really impact a lot of people. So yeah. if there's anyone interested in <laughs> maybe partnering me and partnering with me in some way, mm-hmm. then yeah, putting that out there too. Okay. Amazing. And then on the financial side, where would uh, investment start at? Is it like, yeah, great, we'll take $2,500 or are you looking for $100,000? I mean, pretty much anything in between that. Yeah, like Mm $25,000 is like, that would would help a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if someone's interested in, yeah, helping in a bigger way, then like totally up for discussion. (laughs) We're like, you know, we're growing like so slowly now. So anything... Mm -hmm anything would help and and it has so much potential too yeah (laughs) amazing well it has been such a pleasure to meet you today i'm so glad again this is why i appreciate social media when you get to find people that you may never have crossed paths with otherwise and yeah i just want to really acknowledge you for taking the leap and sticking it out and believing in yourself and these it's really amazing to create opportunities for other people and especially other women and to give them opportunities that honor the opportunity that you gave yourself of time freedom and flexibility and having a safe supportive working environment so thank you for creating that and doing it and i'm excited to have our listeners know that they should go and be buying knitwear from you right away um (laughs) because to your point earlier like supporting a small business changes so many lives. And I don't think people realize the ripple effect that it has um, because every every penny is going to a much farther place than you would imagine it actually is. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've listened to pretty much every 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 episode. <laughs> I love what you're doing too. Yeah, there's so much of so many ways to live life, and there's so mm-hmm. many things to create. And um, yeah, there's so much potential. Yeah. Well, and for everyone who wants to go buy some knitwear, where can they? Where are all the places to find you, connect with you, etc.? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Instagram is hjkstudio underscore, and um, the website is www.hjkstudio.com. Um, what else? Yeah, Facebook as well is hjkstudio. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from anyone, and if people don't see exactly what they want, like we can make we can make custom mm-hmm. orders. So yeah we can make something special or in certain sizes or whatever like so yeah amazing well again thank you so much for your time today it's so nice to meet you and i can't wait to see what happens next yes thank you so much cara All the links to connect with Hannah and HJK Studios are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life Go be awesome and up to something you love.